Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. fanatics welcome to another edition of the bulletproof podcast i'm your host chris the brain joining me my co-host chad cruz and chad we got a lot of feedback about our last episode and uh this new wild and free chad cruz yeah i mean normally the only feedback i get is from my uh audio mishaps but yeah it's good to hear that people enjoy uh a little more unhinged you know part of that i think is is less the the, the setting that I'm recording in and uh, kind of my mental state right now. So yeah, there's, lot, there's that too. A lot of changes in your, in your life uh, the past few months. So indeed yeah. added stress. Will the body and mind react strangely sometimes yes. to these things. So uh, we're seeing it all unfold. This may be a therapeutic for you uh, to come out here and talk about, whatever we're going to be talking about. And this time out, we're going to be talking about Rutger Hauer, who we have yet to talk about, but I want to talk about something that I saw recently. And I wondered if you did too, because this movie has Chad Cruz written all over it. Yes. I think I've said many times outlaw Johnny black. Have you seen the trailer for the Michael Jai white movie? Uh, th- you know, what's funny is uh, I've seen it posted multiple places, multiple times, and I'm skipping it. Like, I don't want to watch the trailer. You don't even because, want to spoil it? No, because I feel like this is one of those movies, like, I love Black Dynamite, I love Michael J. Yeah. White, and I feel like this is one of the movies that they're going to put a bunch of good stuff in the trailer. It so, was good. It, yeah. it definitely sold me on it. Not that, I, not that I needed to be sold on it, but still, it was. I, I actually had forgotten about it, because this is something that was out there a while right. back. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, Saurabh Dutt, our good friend, uh, sent me, DM'd me to me. And then, yeah, then I started seeing it everywhere as well. And I, I gave it a watch. And, yeah, definitely good. If you loved Black Dynamite, and I know Chad Cruz certainly did. I did. going to love Outlaw Johnny Black. And really this, uh, you know, Cynthia Rothrock's got her Black Creek movie. Like, all these classic action stars going west seems to be a trend. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know... Action genre has been around a long time. Obviously, Westerns have been around a very long time. And and certain actors, uh, Clint Eastwood, certain actors, have kind of gone back and done a Western at the end of their career. And, uh, you know, he came back and did Unforgiven and was a huge hit. And, and I think a lot of other action stars have kind of, I don't know, returned or retreated, but they, they went back to the West and, and did their kind of vengeance movie. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to all of these these movies, and I'm not a huge western guy, but it, it kind of changes things up too. It gives it a little something different. Yeah, uh, for you know, like these, you know, who would have thought uh, Cynthia Rothrock would be in a, a western? I certainly would never have imagined that. No, I don't. I don't know how that's going to look. <laughs> we'll find out. We will yeah. find out it, that it is shooting. I believe it's starting. If it hasn't, it's it's very soon. Um, awesome. And w- 
we will uh we'll see how that all shakes out um i think the last kumite has wrapped up shooting i know we talked about that yeah. a couple uh, months ago and that one's another one that seems quite interesting it's funny because i keep i see these these movies uh that are mainly funded through kickstarter and indiegogo and stuff like that and i've never seen the option of you know it's like you know donate a thousand dollars you could be a producer donate whatever there's never an option to get thrown through a glass window because i mean this last one there was at least fighting options so but i don't know if you could specific you know right i'm i'm very specific on what i want to do if you maybe you probably should have reached out like hey i'll do the fight scene yes i'll even throw in an extra whatever yeah if my fight scene involves a defenestration yes and i you know the butt double thing is just out there that's like Uh, a that's like an additional thing that i'm willing to do and and I'm sure there's a, a demand for it somewhere. Yeah, from someone. I uh, Rob, Robert Bronzy, I could butt double him. Maybe, yeah. I you know I've yet to see a Bronzy movie. Really? You should. I, I own Death Kiss. It's sitting in with my other three, four, eight dozen wrapped uh, yeah. up DVDs that just sit here. Uh, but yeah, I've yet to watch a Bronzy movie. I. But, the the prison one looked interesting at least the, the cover. <laughs> it's interesting, all right. I would certainly start if I were you with Death Kiss. With Death Kiss, because okay. I've seen uh, at least three of his. Okay. And maybe four. And Death Kiss was by far the best. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe I will uh, give that a watch uh, here in the coming weeks. I think that's a, a great idea, Chad Cruz. Okay, I'm full of good ideas. <laughs> you you certainly are, and. Uh, you know, if any of you have ideas of what you'd like us to talk about here on the podcast or just thoughts on what we're sharing on BulletproofAction.com, you could do that on social media. We are at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter and at Bulletproof Action on Facebook, Instagram, and now Threads. The Instagram version of Twitter. Uh, yes. So we're there, too. So, you know, if you're if you've jumped over, uh, you know, in the in the battle of the billionaires and you want to be on Threads. Instead of Twitter or both, we're on both. We're we're wherever I could whore out our links, I'm gonna right. do it. Is there anyone on Threads? Like, is there a bunch of people there? There's some people there, not as many. You know, it's it's a new thing, but yeah. yeah. I heard it's already dying. Well, that could be the case. I also read that on Twitter, though. Of course. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you, <laughs> there go. you go. Yeah. So how how accurate is that? We don't know. You know, got to give it a chance. Uh, but yeah, so social media, that's where you can get us. But right now, Chad, let's get into it. As I mentioned, we're talking about a Rutger Hauer movie. Mm-hmm. Talked about a Rutger Hauer movie. And this one is a, a cult favorite of many. Blind Fury. This one released in the U.S. on March 16th, 1990. Was released elsewhere in the world the year prior. Mm. A few months prior to this. Uh, and, you know, basically it's a blind swordsman movie, but Chad, that is nothing new in the world, as you well know. No, the, uh, you know, the, there's probably been Lord knows how many blind swordsman characters, one arm swordsman, no arm swordsman. There's a, there's pretty much every type of swordsman you can have, but the, the Zatoichi character has been around in Japan for quite some time and they've dozens of films. And, and I think I even read maybe somewhere that one of the, uh, the writers or the producers of this film had sat through one of those films. And that was what gave him the idea to kind of bring the character or bring that kind of gimmick uh, 
over here and do a film in the United States, uh, which yeah. doesn't surprise me. No, and, and it makes sense too because you know not as not as many people are uh, worldly as you, Chad Cruz, with your film tastes. Yeah, that's people, how I would describe it. Worldly, you know, they they don't necessarily branch out into the films from around the globe as you do so you know they there's an audience and for them they probably did think it was a, a first time like oh what an interesting and unique concept where really it was right and you think you know you think about other movies that have done this we talked about westerns the magnificent seven uh essentially was seven samurai right um uh star wars was uh kurosawa's uh shit what was it called I forget the name of the movie return of the jedi that's not true. Uh, so, you know, George Lucas basically got the story from, from Kurosawa and, you know, so all these movies, you know, the Western genre and the, the samurai, you know, genre kind of are very similar. They're very, you know, you got a lot of these uh, lone swordsmen, lone gunslinger kind of stories that, that go along with one another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one starts off in Vietnam. And uh, when the movie opens, we see the aftermath of attack of some sort. Obviously, something bad has happened here, Chad. There's dead yeah. bodies around. Nick Parker, who is uh, played by Rutger Hauer, is wandering around. He's he's lost his sight, calling out for his friend Frankie. Uh, and, we, and he ends up in a trap. And it's like, is this going to get worse for him? Could it possibly get worse for him? But fortunately, some villagers kind of adopt him, take him in. Uh, care for him uh, and they begin strengthening his other senses yeah. which is something that's going to happen naturally anyway when you lose your sight but uh, they, they're working on it and then they have the unorthodox idea Chad to <laughs> teach him the art yeah first it's like kind of a just entertaining themselves yeah like, uh, you know like let's see what the blind man could do <laughs> and uh, you know that ends up teaching him sword fighting which is uh, quite an interesting. I mean, it's tough to learn. I'm sure if you had sight, but he's learning blind. It's a interesting idea. The concept of teaching, you know, teach him what basketball or teach him sword fighting. He, uh, yeah. If there's a blind person near me, I'm probably not. I'm gonna like teach him to read braille or something. Right. But you know, swinging around a, a, a sharpened blade is, I guess, second to that. It's yeah. a great idea. But you know <laughs> what? For his purposes, later in the film, as we'll see, holy shit, what what forward thinking that was. Yeah. It worked out well for him and, yeah. and and the others that he helps as this movie progresses. It's big into the progression. We see the progression of his training during the opening credits. Uh, then we go, we jump ahead. 20 hey, wait, years I, later. I, I love that by the way, the opening credits and the progression of him learning all these skills. And, and it just kind of shows you, you don't have to take 12, 15 minutes on it's just like an origin thing. You don't have to take mm -hmm. all this time to show him learning these things. Cause you know, we see him do a movement and then the next time he does it a little bit better. And then the next time it's really well. And guess what? His hair's growing longer and his beard's growing longer. So there's a passage of time there that's, that's shown to us without telling me six months later, two years later, whatever. I don't need to see all that. But, uh, and then obviously the, the expression that he gets from all the villagers and, and the adoration that by the end, they're like, you know, his best friend, you know? So yeah, all that stuff is shown without being told and it's done pretty quickly. So it's great. Yeah. Now we do get to know because now we have a big, much bigger time jump because we're jumping 20 years ahead. Yeah. Uh, and we're in Miami, Florida and Nick is there walking along the road. 
uh, avoiding poop uh, and doggies, as he believes. Uh, he may be stepping over. He's actually a gator. Yeah, so he's wrong. He's an, he's just not very he's, good. He's, he's blind. <laughs> he didn't know. He, he must have smelled the dog poop and assumed that that I guess so. That was what uh, that dog did. I mean, he's there to look up his old buddy Frankie. Uh, and but uh, beforehand, he you know he needs a bite to eat, um, and <laughs> you know it's kind of he goes into this bar, and and we know what happens when good guys go into bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a gentleman who's kind of uh, gentleman, probably not what I should call him. He's a jackass. Yes, but uh, you know he he's like, oh, you're having a burrito. You need some sauce on that. You want hot or mild? Nick says, oh, I'll take the mild. Of course, the guy puts the hot sauce on it. And boy, he thinks that is the funniest freaking thing that one could do. He really loved doing that to this poor blind man. You know, some people just get their rocks off doing the most messed up shit. And you know what? Yeah. He no sold it. He loved it. It's not quite hot enough for him. So Yeah, he needs something more macho. More macho. Oh, yeah. Yeah, somebody should have handed him a Slim Jim right then. There. It would have been perfect. Uh, he could have needed a little excitement. Uh, so, yeah, so he's there. The guy's like, what the hell? There's a poor woman comes in. She gets her purse stolen. Uh, and basically, when it's all said and done, this poor blind man, we find out isn't so poor. Well, we already knew, but they yeah. know the hard way now. Don't screw with this guy because he whoops all their asses. He does. And, you know, the, the chances of getting into a fight in a bar in an action film are, are pretty high. We, we've talked right. about this, but the chances of a, a waitress in a bar being sexually assaulted, they might be even higher. Yeah. And they're all, they're always getting grabbed and, and someone always has to come to the rescue, but you know what? There's not always a, a blind Vietnam uh, vet there waiting for you. So Un- be careful out there, ladies. Yeah. Indeed. And also watch out for parking garages. Uh, meanwhile, in Reno, we see Frankie, Frank Devereaux, uh, played by Terry O'Quinn. Uh, he's lost quite a bit of money at Lost. Pretty... Yeah. Remember when he was on the show Lost? Oh, very good. Thank you. Jeez, see, this is what why people love that you're back. I'm uh, still sober, too. That's and what Wow, that's yeah. you know impressive for yeah. 9.35 at night. I'm working uh, on it. Yeah. By the end of this episode, who knows what's going to happen, folks. So Frank has lost his money at uh, McCready's Casino, the Silver State. Uh, no- McCready played by Noble Willingham in a much different role. I, you know, I always associate him with Walker, Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm. Of course. Where he was obviously a very friendly sort of man. Fatherly type figure to Walker. Wonderful man. Everybody wanted to hang out at his bar. But here, he's not being very nice at all. He's got his goons hanging. They're holding him by his ankles, just hanging him off the, I guess, the balcony. The top, yeah. Or the, or the, was it the roof? It was, you know, either it was, way. They were high up on the, high. On the yeah. casino, as high as they could get. And uh, he's basically doing it because he needs Frank's chemistry skills to yes. make him a designer drug because his casino is failing. Which is it's a set when you can't make money in the casino game, yeah, you're you're in some trouble. But uh, 
he's had some issues with the bank and you know there's obviously a lot of competition as well there so he's mm-hmm. not doing well so he says well let me get another revenue stream <laughs> i'll make these you know i'll sell designer drugs um it, yes it's a bold strategy you know you've already got a casino like you said you know what raise your raise your prices or something mm. uh and we guy, already find out later that he's fixing the game so how's he, game. how are you losing so bad why do you suck so bad at owning a casino yeah why does everybody else do so well and you suck so bad i don't i don't know but right. but that, that even then right they, they come up with a terrible idea of how to make money um but i think the execution of it is even worse and i'll get into that in a second all right so yeah he's got him hanging there and you kind of mentioned, hey, you know, we know about your ex-wife and your son in Miami. And, and you know, that's kind of like, OK, mm-hmm. he has he has to do something. He has to comply because maybe he doesn't maybe necessarily care what they do to him, but he doesn't want anything to happen to his, his son for sure. Um, so Nick, now we go back to Miami. Nick goes to Frank's house, at least the address he had for, for Frank or looked up. I don't know where he got this from. Is the phone book in Braille? I, Google. I don't know. Yeah, that's no. That mm-hmm. couldn't have been. Maybe the alligator told him. Bing. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he saw it on threads. Uh, Frank's <laughs> ex-wife answers the door, played by the one and only Meg Foster. Evil Lynn herself. Evil Lynn. And you know, when I saw her name pop, I didn't know she had, she was in this. I, I've seen this movie, uh, but it's been so long, I... Ago yeah. that I don't remember it was, anything it was about like it. A fresh one. Yeah, I mean yeah. that when I covered it for the site, it was either the first time I ever watched it or definitely the first time I watched it in decades. So, I remember seeing it um, probably twenty years ago, and I remember my dad bringing it up one day. He saw it on one of like the, you know, the movie stars movies or something. One of those, right. and he was like, "Oh yeah, did you ever see the the Blind Fury, the guy with the sword?" And I was like. Zatoichi? Like I was like, Dad, do you watch Zatoichi? And he's like, No, no, no. It has the blonde haired guy. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that movie. And what's funny is that you know, you see certain actors' names, like we see Meg Foster, and then I saw uh Randall Cobb. And yep. it's like it, it it's like the feeling of putting on a warm pair of socks. You know, you're just like, ah, like the comfort of knowing that there are actors in this movie that I like. Right. Yeah. Before the movie even starts, uh, I'm already, I already got to feel good. Exactly. About this. And, and that, yeah, that's, you know, one of the reasons I so often go back to the eighties and nineties movies yeah. because you just never know who's going to pop up in them. Um, it was just a magical time. Uh, so it, yeah, Lynn answers the door. Uh, Nick also meets Frank's young son, Billy played by Brandon call, who would go on to be in step by step. Yeah. Who, you know, who knew Step by Step had two connections to the action world? That's right. They did. And we've, and we've covered uh, both now at this point. Um, and we, Billy's got allergies. Good for him. It's, it's, go outside now. The air quality is wonderful. He'd, he'd be hating life right now. Yeah, what the uh, fuck is going on here? Is, this, is anyone else calling bullshit on this? Uh, don't fucking give me this bullshit about some wildfire in Canada. You know about fires. Uh, any, I don't, I'm calling BS on it. What is it then? Are you, are you I don't know. Give us a conspiracy theory of some I don't sort? need to have, I don't, I don't, all I do is ask questions, my friend. All I do is question the man. Okay. And, I, and I think that's a little bogus to me. All right. 
Well, maybe it is. Where was the shit yesterday? It was fine yesterday. Well, it's back. Tell me the fire started last night. It's back. Okay. Aren't they still going? Ah, hell, I don't know. I don't know. I I do know that uh, if you're interested interested in wildfires, I've will be doing a new image film called Fire or Nature Ooh. Unleashed Fire, starring Ooh. Brian Genesee. Look for that review coming up here in Bold Prevention. I I will say this. Uh, uh, to our Canadian listeners out there, I'd, I'd love for yeah. you to, to contact us if you're any in you're affected in any way by these wildfires. I'd love to know how we can help, how I can get my air quality to be better. Oh, so it's about you, not really them. Because I'm trying to go to the zoo tomorrow with my daughter, and I'm yeah. tired of looking at this fucking haze. <laughs> well, I think that you'll see the animals. Chad, it's not that hazy. But I want them to see me. Oh. Yes. When I pull my ass cheeks out and show them. With your, no. No, they'll smell you coming. (laughs) I like to, you know, like dance in front of the gorilla enclosure. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's going to be a fun time at the zoo tomorrow uh, for everybody. Brain, uh, favorite zoo animal to see go? Um,. A giraffe. Really? <laughs> I don't know. It's the first one that came to my mind. Where else are you going to see a giraffe? I guess that's true. You're not going to just see one on the side of the street or anything. No, no. There's not a lot of movies about giraffes. There's a whole movie about apes. There's a series of movies about yeah. apes. Yeah, there's a whole planet full of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not elephants. Even... There's elephants. Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Elephant. Dumbo. Dumbo. Operation Dumbo Drop. Uh, that's uh, Danny Glover, right? Uh, maybe Ray Liotta, I think. Ray Liotta? Yeah. That's it? I don't know. Who cares? Danny Glover. Bill, Murray? Bill Murray's in that? I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? We'll do it, we'll do it Ar- on our animal. Uh, Ar- Arctic Fox TV. brain. Okay. Art, oh, okay. just adorable just so cute okay definitely not snakes i don't red panda snakes. snakes suck yeah i mean really what do, what do snakes do you like walk up and you like there's a little thing that tells you how uh dangerous they are yeah you're like they don't seem that dangerous to me like they're right there yeah just kind of yeah. sitting there like a pussy i ain't doing nothing oh, hey okay. so yeah uh you know the difference between uh, something <laughs> venomous and something poisonous? Um, I did, but you know what? Just tell me. So, venomous is uh, something, you know, you, you get it, contract it through a, a bite or a sting. Poison would be through touch or, uh, you know, you drink it or something. Mm, yeah. I think I gave this you know, trivia point out like, 25 episodes ago yeah and I pr- i've forgotten i'm gonna just keep doing it like every 30 episodes okay well that, that's yeah. so that's something to look forward to uh everybody for episode uh 128 see you in 128 okay uh so yeah billy billy <laughs> uh billy's disrespectful to uh frank or not frank nick nick uh you know gives him the finger or Double Bird, I think, really. He must know John Moxley. Uh, so <laughs> Lynn tells him, you know, go outside. We gotta have, I have to have a chat with uh, with Nick. 
uh, she kind of like once she hears the name, she's like, "Oh, you know, we saw your name on the on the Vietnam Memorial," uh, which is odd because he's alive. Um, and men, and, you know, he does mention he was missing in action, though. So didn't he been, say, "Yeah, I saw that." Yeah, he's yeah. He didn't see anything. He felt it. Okay. But you know, he's being funny. Okay. Perhaps. Uh, you know, she lets him know you know Frank doesn't live here anymore. We're divorced. He's now in Reno working as an organic chemist. And like second, it's then he Nick's like, oh, were you expecting someone? So he's got that super hearing. Yeah, like Daredevil. Uh, so and two cops show up. Two Miami cops show up. And they just kind of barge right in. They're looking for Billy. And Lynn's obviously quite baffled, as any mother would be. Why Why do you want my young son? Uh, did he do something? What's the What's the deal here? No, no, he witnessed a crime. Well, he didn't mention anything about witnessing a crime. And, uh, you know, she wants more details. And then come, here comes your boy, Randall Tex Cobb, as Slag. What a and great name. He starts asking about the boy too. Nick figures he must be the detective on the case. Yeah, I think he calls him Inspector at one Inspector, point. Inspector, yes, Inspector. <laughs> he also can't see him, so I guess he he might, uh, you know, based on the way Randall Cobb talks, he might he might just kind of. You just feel like he had more authority. It assumes he's in charge, but the two guys before, yeah. If you were to see him, you would know he is either a truck driver or a henchman. And he definitely is a henchman in this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Nick does then realize that something isn't quite right. Do they yeah. have a warrant? No, they don't have a warrant. He pulls out a shotgun instead. Here's my fucking warrant. <laughs> and shoots. Shoots Lynn. Kills she, Meg Foster. Dead Meg already. Foster's done. She is done. God I, bless her. Yeah, she, yeah, she didn't make it. She didn't make it very far in this one. And this, this is another, so this is one of my biggest issues with the entire film. Let's just get this out of the way now. Let's do it. The, this guy, right? This uh, casino guy. Yeah. What was the, what was the reason for doing this? To have leverage, I guess. Yeah. Just to make sure that uh, old Frankie did what he said but he was going to do. He was already doing it. At the end of the movie, when Nick finally finds him, he's still making drugs for him. There was no need to attempt to get his son and wife or ex-wife. I guess he. Just I feel like he was all down, like he <laughs> in the casino. He's doubling down. If they had never done anything, he would still be making him drugs. Right. And Nick Nick never would have been a problem whatsoever. Yeah, that you know that's true. That's. I guess we just wrap it up then. I know. And you know what I read? I read, okay, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Cause I had to read this again. Cause it's so goddamn stupid. All right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you go to IMDB and yeah. you know, I like to do this after I watch a movie, I'll go in there and read some trivia every once in a while. And, uh, uh, let's see. It took, uh, like 11 rewrites or some, something's ridiculous. Um, where the fuck is it? Uh, I don't know. Who cares? It, it took like a bunch of rewrites to ever get something produced for this movie. Yeah, just say a bunch because if two, you say 11 and it was really oh, 12. Two we'll, directors, we'll, three studios, seven years, and 11 drafts of the screenplay to finally get the movie right for American audiences. And you know what I'm saying right now? That's the dumbest fucking loophole in the screenplay I've ever heard. Like, I've heard, you know, MacGuffins I can get with, but like, you know... 
you should have just said, oh, he's got some object at the house in the boy's little dinosaur fucking thing in his little piggy bank or something. And we have to go back and get that or else he can't make these drugs the way we want them. And then they go after the boy. He runs off with Nick. He's got the dinosaur's pocket. Boom. Story. There's another rebooking by Chad Cruz. I don't know if I'm on board with it, but I understand what you're saying. Inadvertent rebooking. I didn't even mean to do it, but it it shouldn't be that tough. Your story shouldn't completely go off the rails in minute six of the film. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Well, this podcast goes off the rails sometimes before (laughs) minute six. So there's, you know, who are we to talk? Uh... Oh yeah, so so yeah. Poor Lynn shot. Billy comes running in. He gets knocked out. Um, and then Nick cuts off one of the cops' hands, which was pretty nice. I enjoyed that. Um, and then the, the other cop gets gets his eventually. Um, Slag's impressed somewhat, but at the same time, he has to be a badass, so he's not gonna sell it all the way. Not bad for a blind man. Yeah, and then he he does end up. Uh, living to fight another day takes off. Um, and Nick goes over to Lynn who st- with her dying words makes Nick promise to protect her son and take him to his father in Reno. And Nick right. will, will do so. Of course. And when you watch slags exit from this scene, um, he goes right through the window. Doesn't I know that could have been me. That could have been you. Yeah. That could have been me. He, I'm sure a stuntman did that for him and, you know, do I look like Randall Tex Cobb? Not so much. Did you look like Randall Tex Cobb in 1989? Yeah, I would have been like six years old. Right. So uh, yeah, you know. I was probably closer to Billy. <laughs> yeah, you could have been Billy. Stunt. But not such a little bitch. Yeah, you didn't have allergies. No, allergies are for pussies. <laughs> okay. We apologize to anyone out there who might have allergies and is listening to this show. Like... 88% of the world exactly. population. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we can't afford to cut out that, that portion of the audience. No, check, no I'm sorry. I, I too have seasonal allergies. <laughs> Chad is allergic to, uh, now there's a lot of, he's actually probably allergic to multiple posts in a week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah being on, t- being <laughs> readily available at any given time <laughs> for this podcast. Certainly allergic to that. Yes. So, yes. Don't, he's a hypocrite is what I'm trying to say to you people. Obviously, uh, obviously. Indeed. So uh, Nick gets gets Billy, who's still just out of it, and just starts walking with him, carries him. The next thing you know, they're at the bus stop. They're going to Reno. And uh, he, at this point, has not told Billy the news that his mom is dead. Yeah, he also didn't tell him how he managed to make it to the bus stop That's being right. blind. <laughs> carrying an unconscious boy. Now, if a man was carrying an unconscious boy down the street now, yeah, there would be some, there'd be some issues, right? There, there's a lot uh, of. I would think there would have been issues back then too, but apparently not. He, and he's got a fucking sword. Well, it's Florida though, so oh, Florida, anything goes. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> that could be even for today. Who knows what anything could happen in Florida? Yeah. You got to be head on a swivel there. <laughs> Sorry if you're a Florida resident. No, I'm pissing those people off. I love or maybe they're Florida. or maybe they're like, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, meanwhile, in uh, 
in Reno, Frank sees the news about his ex-wife and his son because apparently something that happens in Miami is in the national papers. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, and we meet Annie, his girlfriend, uh, shows up to visit uh, Frankie, and she has a little words of wisdom. Basically, you know, if you owe Claude McCready, just you got to pay him one way or another. So just do what he's asking you to do, uh, and 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 you'll be done with it. Basically, he's you know go with the flow. That's what old Annie's telling him. Yeah. Um, the boss makes a pit stop, as buses are known to do. Um, and it's a it's a rainy day, Chad Cruz. It's a mm-hmm. rainy rainy day, and our blind man. Slips in the mud, which Billy finds almost as hilarious as the guy at the bar found hilarious putting the hot sauce. Right. But Billy's like eight. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? It is funny. I mean, whether he's blind or not, he falls in the mud. It's pretty funny. It is good. But Nick gets back and trips Billy, who's now in the mud. Uh, And Billy's got a rock that he gives him and says it's candy. Also funny. Uh, and Nick spits it just a projectile right out of his mouth right back at Billy. So these two aren't uh, necessarily the best of friends as of right now. They're building they're building that camaraderie though. Yeah. I think. And you, you might be right. And um, when they get back on the bus and they start their journey or continue their journey, uh, Billy takes it he sees that nick is uh, sleeping so he kind of goes in grabs his wallet which wakes up nick and uh it's like oh you're a pickpocket as well or a thief or whatever uh and that's when billy just starts going through it and sees the picture of nick with his dad in vietnam and was like oh you weren't always blind so i, I hope that's the first he knew that he was with his dad in vietnam because i don't think they allow blind men to enlist uh, times are tough in the military, but I think that even, yeah, I mean, in Vietnam era, they'd pretty much take anybody, I think, but right. You yeah. still had the draft. You, you got everybody. Right. But you didn't get blind guys. You're right. No, that, that was, they, they got uh, a pass uh, for obvious reasons. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, maybe I'm sure some of them wanted to, to enlist and help out, but maybe yeah. they bought war bonds. That's, you know what? That's the best way to support. I'd say. Yeah. For guys like you, Brain, yeah, that's what I say. I have no shame. That's exactly what I would have done. Um, so we get the flashback to basically what, you know, we saw the aftermath at the beginning. We see the whole whole thing now. The fire, the fire base was under mortar attack, and Frank and Nick were the ones that were picked to go take care of it, um, and that does not go well. And that's where we see how Nick gets blinded. We see Frankie running away to save himself. And, uh, yeah, kind of got that. Uh, we know more about uh, yeah. Nick's past at this point. Right. It, it's kind of, you know, it stinks. It, but you learn more about Nick. And, you know, the last time he saw his friend Frankie was when Frankie was leaving him to die, essentially. Right. Which now begs the question, uh, why the hell is Nick helping Frank? Uh, I probably wouldn't have such, you know, positive feelings about my friend if he left me to die. Well, I mean, and he tells Billy later, you have to learn forgiveness. So apparently he's learned forgiveness. Yeah. And 
good on him. I'm just saying that. He's a, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying as well. Yeah, that 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 would be a deal breaker right there. Like, why would you even look him up? Look him up to whoop his ass. Yeah, maybe maybe that was maybe that's what the plan was. Yeah, he's gonna look him up to kill his kid. <laughs> and then it was like, and the, like, oh wait, he's got a kid, and oh no, yeah. this what the kid's my oh no, he could have so banged his wife. So never mind. I'm done. Sold his kid in slavery. I wouldn't do so, that. No, come no, on. That's terrible. You're Jim Caviezel will whoop your ass if you do that. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, that did not go well for them. This is, podcast isn't going well for me. At the next pit stop, however, Billy now tries to call his mom. And uh, that's when Nick finally has to tell him the horrible news. And as one might assume, Billy does not take it well. No. And uh, becomes a child of the corn. Yeah, there are many of those I've heard. Yeah, you don't want to mess with those kids. Um, but yeah, there's a cornfield nearby. He runs off and it just starts running. He just he's like Forrest Gump running. He right. just he's got no particular destination. He's just running because he's angry and sad and mad. It just he he doesn't he can't process what has yeah. happened. Um, Nick, being a blind man, going after him in the cornfield is uh interesting that's the like the needle in a haystack type gimmick Um, right but they soon find out that they're not the only people out in this uh cornfield because our good buddy slag is back and he somehow went to rent a redneck yes and uh has this whole like redneck army there to just kill kill nick and snatch up billy is, is the plan and slag does get to billy throws him in this shack then he gets up on the roof of the shack, just wait in case he needs to take on Nick. And he is going to need to because Nick is taking out those rednecks left and right, Chad. Yeah, I mean, these rednecks, I don't know if you found him a tractor supply or what, but uh, which I'd love to have tractor supply as a, you know, sponsor. as a sponsor. I, I feel like, you know, we could do a great ad for him. Yeah. Our, our millions of now listeners. That you got, now that you got a house and everything. And yeah, we're going to need some more sponsorship op- opportunities. But yeah, all these rednecks just start going down like fly, dropping like flies, one after another. And, and not even in like cool ways, like they're shooting each other and stuff. It's pretty bad. Uh, they're, they're like the dumb rednecks, not the, not the rednecks who are like oddly really good at fixing your car. You know, mm-hmm. the ones that are like super handy all the time. Yeah. Um, or the ones that realize that uh, cargo pockets are, are great when you're camping or something. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so he beats the shit out of these guys, kills most of them, and then finally comes to the shack and he uses like a bit of a, a scarecrow gimmick as a decoy, yeah, which is. Grabs a scarecrow and yeah, Slag's just shooting this scarecrow. He sees this figure coming, but it's a scarecrow. The fool. He should have used one of the dead rednecks. Oh, yeah. But they'd probably be a lot heavier. True. Than the scarecrow. Yeah, you have to cut them in half with your sword. And it, it probably could have. Um, <laughs> that sword is very sharp. Uh, yeah, he gets in. But when Nick gets close, then he just wields that sword. Support beam of that shack, which didn't look like it was that sturdy anyway. No. And Slag goes to, but the problem is, is, is Billy's inside, but you know, he'll be all right. Uh, Slag goes tumbling down, and it, at this point, it looks like, at least for a moment, that yes. he has now taken out Slag. Yeah, poor Tex. 
which was a you know and and you kind of could believe it too because they killed off meg foster with no problem right so it's right. like oh maybe they did so he grabs billy and now the two are on foot which uh, they should make it to reno in no time that way <laughs> so yeah meanwhile we go back to the the casino and mccready is there and this is where we kind of get the the backstory he's in financial trouble um and he wants that revenue stream. As I said, his right-hand man is this fat guy named Ed. Uh, he brings up the blind man. McCree's like, I don't get me Bruce Lee. <laughs> he's he's dead. Get me his brother then. That's he should have said, get me his clone. Get me his son. <laughs> or his son or one of his clones. Because there were multiple options there. You could get add me Bruce, Shannon Lee. You could add Bruce Lai. Bruce Lee. Dragon Lee, Bruce Leung. And could have had an army of clones. He could have, he could have had a, the clone army. They could have taken out this blind man. I, I have seen enough of their work to know. Yeah, they I agree. They could have done it. And uh, you know what? The movie would have been awesome, right? It would have yeah. really... And you know what? You would have... The we title would have made more sense. You yeah, know? We, we would have covered it a long time ago. Because instead of Fist of Fury, you have Blind Fury... Yeah. And you would have had this added element of Bruce Lee, you know, yeah, cloneliness to Bruce it. Plantation in there. Yeah. yeah. That's the word. Bruce plantation. That's right. Uh, uh, yeah. That would have been great. Let's do it. Let's make a movie like that. Let's Michael just Worth remake it. Michael Worth would help us. Do you think we can get all the original clones to be in it? He can. I don't know about Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee might not want anything to do with movies anymore. You think so? But Dragon Lee and Bruce Lee, they'd be on board, from what I gather. Uh, Nick and Billy are camping, because why? of course they are. And what else you got to do? Right. Uh, they have to stop at some point. They don't, you know, where are they going to stop? So ain't, th- ain't no holiday ends out there. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess not. And did he, like, kill a dragonfly with his sword? Is that what he killed? Yeah, and then the old people are like, we need to get one of those. Yeah, that's better than a bug zapper. Like a blind man? No, I think they meant the sword. Oh, a sword. I don't know if old people should carry edged yeah. weapons. Yeah, just just get your bug zapper and sit there and watch it. Get one of those salt guns. Those are pretty pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, and they, they at this point, they do a little camping, get some rest, but then they manage to hitch a ride to Reno, which is good because if they were, again, if they were hoofing it, we'd still be here uh, waiting for them to get there. So they get to Frank's place in Reno. Uh, and this is where I was talking about Billy, you know, has an attitude. My dad doesn't want me. I don't want him. And that's where Nick says, you need to learn to forgive, which as we ascertained, obviously Nick did. He must have. Yeah. I think the village people probably done that. <laughs> Not the musical act. I mean, I the people say, in the village. <laughs> but did, the, did the song YMCA really just mellowed them out? I'm sure they had other songs. I don't know. I'm assuming. In the and, Navy. And there was probably another song out there that was about forgiveness. You know? We'll have to look that up. I'll, I'll put it in the links. Of, <laughs> if there was a forgiveness uh, village people song. There's got to be one out there. <laughs> if not, they should have. They could do it. Get them back together, man. I'll tell you what. For our Blind Re- Fury reboot. Yeah. Soundtrack. Boom. We're putting a lot of people to work. There's a lot uh, of things going into this. I, I feel like we're really close to getting it made. 
You know, we probably could have just these damn strikes won't allow it. We're gonna. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I w- I would doubt Dragon Lee Lee are in in SAG. So we're gonna, yeah. this is gonna be a whole non-union affair. Non-union affair, and and you know what? We talked about Kickstarter and Indiegogo, Indiegogo earlier. Uh, you know, if you wanted to send, I don't know, ten grand or something our way for this movie being made, <laughs> maybe I'll let you, you know, fondle a breast of some bar waitress. Shouldn't she have a say in it, or how, what are you going to pay her gonna, out of that? We're going to pay her. We're going to pay her. Okay. Okay. Duh. Um, she's a, she's as... also an actress. Oh, but I'm just non-union. saying. Yeah, non-union. It would be a bar scene, and they always get assaulted. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's in there. Yeah, and, and well, once again, Frank isn't at home. It's Annie who answers the door. Uh. But this all ends up being a trap because inside we've got a couple of cowboy hat wearing Pike brothers. Mm. <laughs> they knock out Nick. They throw him and Billy in the back of their van and uh, they're going to deliver it. They're going to do what old slag couldn't do. So there's a little competition amongst the goons. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah, there was. And it's like a uh, old Billy Bob there. Like a, uh... yeah, it's, it's uh yeah Lyle and uh, did I have the other one's name down? It doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, these two idiots. They're, <laughs> but you know what? They start off doing really well. Like yeah, they and and I think that almost hurts them because yeah. they, they get their their confidence is way up there because they've they heard their, all this stuff yeah. about this blind man and he's he's done all this stuff. Obviously, he's made his way all the way to Reno, and they nobody got him. They got him. So yeah, in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And all they did was go to Frank's house and wait. <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 played it out. They played it smart. And uh, Nick has, of course, an escape plan because he's Nick and he has an yep. escape plan. But he's going to need Billy's help. And Billy is a little bit resistant, but he realizes, okay, I better do because what what the hell? What are my options here? I'm out of options. Um, and they actually burn once Billy gets himself gets his hands in front of him as opposed to tied behind him. Yeah, he is able to grab Nick's lighter and they start burning through Nick's ropes. Which obviously, you when you burn something, Chad, mm-hmm. smoke comes. Yes, and that's what happened with the Canadian forest. Mm. They're burning and the smoke is drifting around our atmosphere. You think so? And here into Ohio, mm. in the Midwest. I don't know. I'm just asking questions here because they're not really talking about it much. You know what I mean? It's just kind of happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, they're like, well, it's just business as usual now, I guess. I don't know. They did for a while when it was in New York, they were talking a lot about it. Yeah. For like a day. And then whatever. All right. Now they're like, ah, whatever. It's just must be. It's just the weather now. Just it's hazy out. We're going to be like, isn't that how it is over in like China and Japan where the air quality is just always shit? Yeah, it's pretty the smog. And every, everybody's always just wearing those masks like we had in, in the COVID times. Yeah. And I would watch these Japanese wrestling shows at first and think that there were a bunch of surgeons in the audience, but it yes. wasn't the case. Only probably 12 to 14% are surgeons. So. Okay. Well, there you go. Based on statistics. All right. Well, in the front seat of this van, the smoke is coming. So this is uh, this is all. Well, first though, Lyle Pike cuts his finger on the sword, so he throws the sword out the window, which Nick 
is apparently aware of. And it, what, what when you when you're when you're testing the the sharpness of a blade, brain, what do you, what do you do? I don't touch it. You don't run your finger across it. No, I, I, would, you, I would I would try to cut a can maybe. A can? That's or a interesting. Tomato. A tomato. Okay, so that uh, slicing the tomato, the the how clean the slice is. I like to do the uh, the shave your arm gimmick, you know. Oh, okay, yeah, that you, would sh- be. You, sh- you scrape the hair off your arm and you're like, ah, oh, that's a sharp knife, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Do you got to go then do the other arm so it's even? No, no. I, you know, in fact, if I see a guy with hair on both of his arms, there's no spots. I just know he's he's not he's, he's not, not macho. He's not testing blades. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're burning through the ropes. There's smoke. Uh, and obviously this causes all kinds of confusion and panic. And before you know it, the Pikes are, they were on top of the world one minute. And now they're getting thrown out of their freaking van. And he jumps behind the wheel. But before they just go to get away, they have to double back to go get Nick's sword. Yeah. And he had Billy count and then count back down. So they knew uh, approximately where to stop. I think they did this gimmick in uh, Taken 2 where uh, Liam Neeson's Taken. Okay. Counting counting in his head and figuring out where things are. But uh, yeah, they find the sword. But the Pikes find that. But first they try to card. Well, they successfully carjack some old ladies. But those old ladies, Chad, they're packing some heat. Right. I I thought they might have been in Texas or something at first. Right. Everybody's carrying Mm-hmm. Good for them, you know. Yeah, they're not going to get pushed around just because no. they're old. Damn straight. And you know what? I was going to ask you. you know I bet you they watched Death Wish three. They probably watched Death Kiss. That wasn't out yet. Oh, sorry. I bet Death you Wish they watched three. Death Wish three, where Bronson goes and helps all those pe- old people in the apartment. Yeah, that's very possible. I know I've watched that movie before. You've seen Death Kiss, uh, Death, Death, Kiss Death Wish 3? I have many, many times. Hmm. We'll talk about it one of these days. Triple digits, probably, at this point. You think so? In, in the last, like, five years, you think you've hit triple digits? You know, when, it, when I first got into it, it was, it was nonstop. It would show up places. It, wherever it showed up, I'd watch. I think I was making up for lost time. That's now, impressive. nowadays it's probably like in recent years it's it's usually like twice a year. Really? Okay. That's you know like when I was when I was a kid, it, it, my favorite movie of all time is Predator, mm-hmm. and when I was a kid I used to watch it religiously. It just like I I kind of it was like a background noise to me it was yeah. just to have oh, Predator yeah. on. And I'd be sitting there playing with my GI Joes and what have you, and and I'd just have Predator on the background and kind of inspire me to play harder you know yeah. and uh so i probably have seen it triple digits uh yeah. for sure you know over the years but in the last five years i've probably only watched it twice you know yeah yeah it's definitely nowadays if you're on pluto there's a good chance i'll watch the you planet i don't think it's a no, planet no, anymore. No, the, no, no the channel the channel oh, okay. the, the streaming service how do you remember the planets brain um is it, uh, I don't remember. What is the thing to do the planets? 
It's not know. please excuse like my dear. It's please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Was that the one? No, that's not no. it. We did a uh, Mallory, Valerie, Emily Nichols, or Mallory, Valerie, Emily Nichols just saved up nine hundred ninety nine nickels. Okay, I don't know what please excuse my dear Aunt Sally was for, but that's some kind of m- memory gimmick from a hundred years ago at school. That sounds like you. Uh, code to get into some swinger party okay maybe that was it but i don't think so uh so yeah where are we oh yeah we're in <laughs> reno we're we're in reno and uh old annie when she gets the the they stop to get the sword she loses her glasses and oh, then yeah. nick accidentally steps on the glasses and now we've got Nick, the blind man, driving in downtown Reno with Billy as his navigator. I, and I think this draws, this is, at this point in the film, I, I noticed something very strange about the movie. Because uh, Nick is essentially just a guy. Like, he's just a normal guy. Yeah. He fights people, he whips their asses. Like, it's only when they remind you that he's blind that there's anything in the movie that there's any conflict, right? So, so they throw his sword out the window. Ah, God damn it. I can't see it's such a pain in the ass to go find my sword. So we have to do the counting thing. Oh, she can't drive because she can't see. Oh, I'm blind. I'll drive. <laughs> Look at me blind driving. So, uh, <laughs> oh, he fell in the mud and he's all muddy and he's blind and stuff. Yeah. It's hilarious. So there's like a few points throughout the movie where they, the, the, they have to remind you that he's actually a blind guy. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise you're just like, dude, he's fucking badass. Like he's whooping yeah. these dudes' asses. They got guns. He has a stick, uh, but it's actually a sword, and he's Rutger Hauer. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. would think. I mean, obviously her vision was not good without the glasses, but she had to be able to see more than he could. But I yeah. guess she didn't have the the balls to just go out there and be like, "Fuck it, I don't just, care, I'll drive." Just didn't care. That's why he believes so much of forgiveness because he's run over fifty people. It's <laughs> 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 like I've murdered so many people; they've all forgiven me. Uh, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, we we get the craziness of the uh, of a blind man driving. Which, you know, that's the type of thing you would expect from a movie with a blind man. You know, I didn't see no evil, hear no evil, have a blind man uh, driving. I think so or not. Did it? I don't remember. That was a great movie, by the way. Yeah, it is. Um, So once that's over with, uh, Annie takes Billy and Nick to her friend Colleen's place, which is like a bus, converted school bus, it looked like, perhaps. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of strange just kind of like living that hippie lifestyle yeah but it's not hippie times anymore but it's 89 yeah yeah exactly uh but you know nick's not gonna be able to say he's got to go do what he's got to do and he's got to get frank billy now at this point you know they had a tumultuous relationship at first but now billy has come quite attached to yeah. uncle nick as he's calling him um and he's again another one's like you got to promise me you're coming back yeah I'll be back. I gotta go get your dad. I'll be back. Not he didn't say that because it's a trademark phrase. Um, Nick does get to the Silver State Casino. Um, and McGreedy, he kind of hears McGreedy and his his entourage making their way through the casino. Uh, did you notice one of the bodyguards, Chad Cruz? 
was it a <laughs> he's a wrestler wasn't it you better believe it mr tiger chung lee uh, i i didn't I didn't rec- recognize who it was, but I saw, I was like, that guy got to be a wrestler. Yeah, Tiger Chung Lee, definitely. Uh, he's in Red Heat, I believe, oh, as he? well. At first uh, I thought it was Ming. Yeah, it couldn't be. He would have been good, but Tiger Chung Lee, a great, uh, more of an enhancement type guy gotcha. in the in the 80s um, for WWE. Uh, but obviously he also did some film work. So How about I think that? He, he may have also been in Go- The Golden Child. Uh, How about that? that? That's a great movie. I love that movie. That's probably one we should cover. At some Let's point. add that shit to our list right now. Have but we done an Eddie Murphy movie? We have not done Beverly Hills Cop. None of that stuff. Nothing. My no. goodness, what a couple of dipshits! Yeah, that's us. <laughs> Two dipshits on the Bulletproof Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, so <laughs> Tiger Chung Lee, one of the bodyguards. They're like, don't let anybody else, don't let anybody up on this penthouse level. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Nick starts gambling. He's winning big at the roulette wheel. But obviously, this is a casino that is hurting. They cannot have big winners here. No. Um, and this is where we find out that the fix is in on this freaking game. Uh, and when Nick exposes that fact, boy, does that cause some trouble. We get casino chaos. All hell breaks loose. I, and that brings the guards who are watching that elevator yeah. into the fray. It's crazy because at first... I don't remember this part. At first, I thought he like sliced that dude in half. <laughs> he like cut the thing out of his pocket. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought he was like murdering that guy. That would have been wild. Yeah, that would have been. I don't think he deserved murder, though. Well, everybody deserves forgiveness. Uh, maybe. Um, so, yeah, he gets the. Uh, that's Nick's opening. So he stumbles his way over to where the elevators are. Um, and he gets in disguises himself takes out the room service dude puts on his jacket puts the guy under the cart Poor and, guy. Uh, he uh, gets up there the guards up there like who the wait a minute who are you he takes them out disables the elevator so nobody else can come up and stop him and that's where he visits fat ed and demands the key to where they got frankie locked up doing his lab shit doing his chemistry right. stuff and his, his Walter White thing. Very good. Yeah. And, and he's up there working very hard. It's late yeah, in the he's, evening. He's, he's doing what he was supposed to do. He's following Annie's advice. Just do what this man wants you to do and it'll be over with. Right. And he had no idea even that his ex-wife was dead by shotgun blast. No, he saw. He saw oh, he saw the article. Died. That's right. Remember in the newspaper that they cover Miami news. That's right. I forgot about that. So he was aware. So I guess that was he was probably remote. like, hell yes. No <laughs> yeah, more alimony. Yeah, that's true. But he had to be worried about his boy because said woman slain her son was missing. So he had yeah. to be worried about him or just probably assumed that McCready got grabbed him up. Could be, which they could have just said that. True. Yeah, because. It, it, yeah, you're right. They're like, that blind guy will never make it out of here. <laughs> He'll probably get hit by a semi. <laughs> also very possible. Driven uh, by slag. Who looks like a truck driver. Yes. Looks like a guy who, yeah. It all comes full circle. Well, Nick does get the key. He pops over into the lab. Frankie thinks he's basically saw a ghost. Because as far as he knew and everybody knew, old Nick didn't make it out of that jungle. 
Um, Nick's like, hey, I'm here to get you out. Um, okay. Uh, Frankie grabs the drugs that he's already made and then sets fire to the lab. Damn, dude. It's a high-rise building. You know how many people are in that building? He's that. That's that's a hell of a resignation letter. I mean, he potentially just killed thousands of hundreds or potentially thousands of people in that building. Possibly. Fortunately, the, the, it's not doing well, so maybe it's only a couple hundred. I mean, is the building but sprinkler? That, is it sprinkler, sprinklered? I don't know. I didn't recall sprinklers going off. There you go. Then it's a death trap. <laughs> well, he didn't have the money to upgrade, but you would think that would be enforced by the codes of... Well, uh, in 89, they were probably grandfathered in because it looks like an old building. So yeah. they probably didn't have to do it. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's why they blow up those old casinos and build new. I guess. And you know what? They All that fucking, that fire he just set, now there's more haze in my yeah. air, yeah. right? From back in 89. From it's, back it's in 89. Been, it's been drifting around for all this time. Dude, probably see it tomorrow. Yeah. Instead Staring at a giraffe. Okay. Yeah, poor giraffe. Just trying to eat their leaves head, and shit. Their heads are higher. They're getting they're, yeah, hit they're with getting, that haze real hard. That haze for they get it first. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of when Bobby Heenan and Gurley Monsoon went to Bush Gardens. Uh, I think there was an attack giraffe who went after Heenan, but of um, course, or at least he thought it was. <laughs> Might have to watch that episode after this program is over. <laughs> Good call. So we've got, uh, uh, that was from uh, 88, maybe November, December of 88. Uh, anyway, <laughs> if you're looking, folks. Uh, yeah, so obviously the there is a fire alarm because there's all kinds of chaos. Um, and they get out, uh, they head over to Colleen's to reunite father and son. But guess what? There's no sign of Billy. There's no sign of Annie. All that's left is dead Colleen. Mm. While they're there, the phone rings. It's our good friend McCready. And uh, he's got Billy and Annie at his ski resort. And tells Frank to bring the drugs because he's got a buyer there ready to sample the goods and make this deal. And then he can have his lady and his son. So that means we're going up to the mountains and nick and frank are there they're on the ski resort on the on the gondola going up it seems that they're greeted by our friend slag and a firing squad it i like that this part like all the goons are there now it's like a a goon reunion and they all are got guns and they just shoot the shit out of the thing then they go in and of course good old frank and nick slipped out the the uh, little trap door at the bottom clever move for a blind man <laughs> well he could hear he probably heard the the guns would you think they were yeah like, but how would he see a, a trap door maybe he said hey frankie is there a way to get the fuck out of this thing and frankie that could has be. eyes that's true doesn't he does frankie he have does... To, does the blind man have to do everything in this movie you know what frankie doesn't have what's that an apology Hey, so great to see you, Nick. I'm sorry I left you in the jungle. Yeah. Well, it's a fight or or flight, and his flight kicked in, I guess, that day, didn't it? 
I would have given eight seconds there. God damn, Nick, I'm so sorry. I've, I've never been able to get past that day. Hey, man, every, it's all over. It all happened for a reason. Boom. Never have to think about it ever again. Okay. All right. Rebooked. Rebooked again. Uh, Goddamn giraffe. I'm glad the giraffe is doing his thing. Maybe I also just a love of Toys R Us. uh, Dude. You think of that giraffe as well. Every time Uh, I pass by an old Toys R Us building and it's just sitting there empty, I'm just sad. The closest one to me is a crazy bins now. What the hell is a crazy bins? I I don't know. I don't, I haven't been in it. People like them though. I haven't, I think it's just like. Like a storage place? Or is it like uh, just random shit and bins? Random shit and yeah. And it's just like, yeah. A flea market or something. Exactly. So I've always, I haven't gone in. I think part of it is because I know it's a former Toys R Us where I've probably found so many wonderful things in my life. Who knows what you'll find in those bins? That's true. I'd be a bunch of, um, Random, like, uh, one of those discs Bron- you're always Bronzy buying. movies. Oh, laser discs? <laughs> laser discs. I don't Bunch think of laser discs. Yeah, maybe. I, I'd definitely like to look at the laser discs at the exchange. Uh, it's a special time for me. Uh, anyway, the goons are hunting them in this resort. And Frank and Nick are there, and, and they're in the hallway. We get a nice hallway scene. I know mm-hmm. you love those. Um, and... They get separated and kind of gives Nick that nom flashback of, of his boy running off. <laughs> running off again. So Nick ends up like in this kind of like a dance club or, or some sort of entertainment area uh, of the uh, resort. And he's up on stage. He's bumping into drum kits and making all kinds of noise. He hits yeah. the, the microphone is there and hears them. Uh, and now all the goons are like, aha, we found you, blind man. And, and you know what that was, right? What's that? That was a reminder that he's blind, our reblinder. There you go. Reblinder. Nice. Hashtag reblinder. Um, but the lights are cut suddenly. And now it's an even playing field, uh, even though you can clearly see things. <laughs> um, but, you know, the shock of it all. Yes. Uh, and it was Frank who cut the lights and now he's throwing explosives in there. Yeah. And uh Frank so he didn't run off. He ran off, but he he's he's back, baby. Frank is back. And they said earlier that he was into explosives and all right. that shit. Yeah, he, yeah. He, in the in the flashback he made like little right. made like firecrackers and Which is the worst thing to do in a combat zone is to throw firecrackers at your buddies. Yeah. Well, Frank had a sixth sense of humor. He did kind of like you and uh we've got uh oh yeah now the buyer is upstairs the guy wanting to he's like what the hell is going what is going on what kind of <laughs> outlaw mud show bullshit are you right here <laughs> um i'm out what you know you can't go out and slag goes and takes care of that guy presumably do we see him do something to him or did i miss I that or i if he did just, i missed it do we just assume slag went and fucking killed him because kentucky waterfall and that guy Unbelievable, yeah, beautiful crazy. haircut. Um, so that happens. Frank, I guess that was just to get slag out of there for a minute, um, because then he can make a big entrance again. Uh, Frank and Nick now make their way up to this where McCready is. Um, and McCready's like, "Oh, I would like to introduce you to someone, Nick." Oh my God! <laughs> it is the man himself. 
the closest thing to an actual ninja that any of us have ever seen, Shokasugi. Yeah, you're damn right. And finally, you know, someone that can be kind of on an even uh, playing field with Rugger Hauer's character because not only does he have a sword, but he knows how to use it. He's not just, you know, like wearing a cowboy hat and with a funny name like Slag. Right. He's 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 the Bruce Lee's brother that they brought in to kill this guy, and which is funny because they brought in a guy who fights with a sword. They they yeah. they were at least like cool to do that. That's like such a pro-wrestling thing to do. Like, let bring me somebody in and kill this son of a bitch. Like, oh, I got a like twenty cousins that'll come in and kill this guy. Like, nah, bring a guy with a sword. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and if memory serves me, and I'll have to look. And again, I'm, if it's wrong, I'm sure someone will let me know. But I think in Enter the Ninja. The uh, Christopher George's character wants himself. I think he wants Bruce Lee as well, and he gets Shokasugi, or maybe he just wants his own ninja. But I think he may have asked for Bruce Lee. Hmm. If he did, that'd be interesting. That two times Shokasugi was a uh, reasonable substitution for a, Bruce a, Lee, a clone, if you will. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> So we get to it's main event time. We get Nick versus Shokasugi, and they're they're fucking shit up with these swords. Jay. Hell yeah! Finally, we finally get some good sword fight action. Um, and but again, almost I think Show might have a few more seconds than Meg Foster did. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. We would have to get the stopwatches out next time we watch. Um, but yeah, he ends up electrocuted in the hot tub. Yeah, that's not a good way to go. But, you know, he, he was doing well. Yeah. Uh, and then he kind of got fancy with it and tried to do like a fucking circus acrobat gimmick. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, well, every time you get too confident taking on Nick, it, it bites you in the ass. Right. And you know what? I think we're due for a reblinder here soon because he's fighting Shokasugi with a sword. He just like somehow looked up, he looks up even though he's blind and he cuts his fucking rope and sends him to his death. Maybe, but, uh, maybe he heard the rope. He heard the rope. So he like adjusted his neck <laughs> to his hearing. Like, I don't know. I don't know either. But Slag shows up again. Shoots Nick in the arm. Uh, and it looks like, you know, Slag's been the toughest bastard in this movie. He's been ready for old Nick. After that first encounter, he knew to be ready for him. Uh, <laughs> And he obviously came prepared when he they fought at the shack. Um, but there's no preparation for what happens to him here, Chad, because he gets pushed out this window. And it's a very big fall. It's very not big. great. Didn't he get cut in half? He may have. I think he got cut I in th- half. I think he just got... I thought he just got cut and he fell backwards and then just went all the way down but maybe you, he did if you see his body it splits in two as it's oh careening. okay uh which well is, then he uh, wouldn't he wouldn't have survived regardless he yeah, no no matter what he wore and what kind even of if, even if he didn't fall out, out down a freaking mountain right but i love where slag's mind was because his head was in this like okay this guy he's a sword guy but he can't see shit so like i'll just wear a vest and he'll think he sliced me open yeah hopefully it doesn't slice me in the face but right 
then he he should have showed up here with like a shield of some kind, like a fucking trash can lid or something. Right. Um, we talked about that last time. Did we? A Captain America episode. Oh, yeah. Trash can mm-hmm. lid. That's right. <laughs> should go back and listen to that episode. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, if you have not. Yeah, better than this one. Uh, if, 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 you, <laughs> if you want to. It's in the archives. So that's it. Our bad guys are dead. Frank, Annie, and Billy are heading to San Francisco. But to Billy's dismay, Uncle Nick is not going to go with them. Because, yeah, why the fuck should he hang out with Frank, the guy who left him? Yeah, fuck that guy. Now I got to raise this kid now <laughs> while he's yeah, out right. banging he, this blonde? He, exactly. He probably, yeah, he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. And not, you know what? Not literally. Not He didn't see it. He read it with his fingers. Right. That, I, when you first brought this movie up, I thought you said Blonde Fury, which is mm. uh, another film that I enjoy. And, it, you know, it wouldn't be the first time you got uh, <laughs> confused as to what movie we were watching uh, on this podcast. But yeah, so Uncle Nick is not going to go. He does get the dinosaur um, and uh, walks down the road and credits roll. This one seems like something that they could have done another one of. But yeah, knowing was... what, what you had said about how long it took to yeah. get this one made. I guess it makes sense that they're like, you know what? We're freaking just glad we got this one made. Right. I think, I think that there were plans to make another one, but it, it didn't do well enough to, to garner a sequel. Nowadays, you know, you just make it streaming or whatever. And it, right. And you give it $180 million or something like they, they just like pump out money for these shitty movies. Now it's insane. It is, uh, you know, that's definitely uh interesting thing just some of the movies that we get to get a chance get get put across our desk it's like how did this get made mm. why can't you make something with michael dudikoff unbelievable i'm uh, sure how, instead of like three real shitty movies can you pull all that money together and make like a halfway decent movie i was skimming uh what was i on i was on like the roku channel or something i was just like looking to see what was on there and uh there was a submarine movie, like a World War II submarine movie, and it had yeah. Billy Baldwin, okay. Eric Roberts, and oh, yeah. Danny Trejo. <laughs> and they were all on the cover in military uniforms. And Danny Trejo was in like a I think he was in like a like an army uniform with a with a like with a K pot. No, like a Kevlar helmet on. But did he's in cut, a submarine. Did, did they cut his hair? I don't I I'm not watching that trash, are you kidding me? What? No. Not a chance in hell. Well, if they were going to torture me, that's how that's what they would do is they'd put that movie on and like tape my eyelids open. Ah! All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts about Blind Fury that you haven't already shared with us throughout the course of this podcast? It's been a long one. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't love it. I probably liked it years ago, but. Watching it now, like just the very beginning of the movie, I was already kind of like turned off by it. I I do enjoy Rutger Hauer, and I think he did a good job. I think his, uh, I think Shokasugi was the the sword fucking expert or whatever, so he like taught him all his, his sword work. Right. And uh, and and I read that he you know he had to train to be a blind man, and then right. tra- or, you know, when you're training to be a blind man and you're training to be a, a swords man, those two things don't kind of like go together well. 
because it's like, you know, you know, training to be a great home run hitter, but then, you know, only having one arm it like, you're kind of like handicapping yourself. I hate to use that term, uh, handicapable yourself, mm-hmm. but so, yeah, I think that the movie, it struggles. Uh, the story I think is, is just awful. It's atrocious, <laughs> but, and it took 11 screenplays, which is even crazier. So I'd love for the, I'm sure there's like a dozen different writers. I'd love for someone to contact me and tell me that I'm crazy, but yeah. yeah it's, at Chad Cruz on Twitter. Please do. I'd love to get in a conversation about how bad it was. But You know, yeah, this is another one. Uh, I've been seemingly on a streak of watching movies that I initially really kind of enjoyed to a point at least. Yeah. And now rewatching it, it's like, yeah, you, you, I guess you're a little bit more critical and you see things that maybe you didn't see before. And yeah, yeah, there, there's been quite a bit of those here lately on, on this podcast. So and there's, there's some likable things in it, you know, it's right. it cool oh, yeah. seeing Shokasugi. I, I do like the, the blind swordsman kind of gimmick. I like that. And, and I just like the story to me was so bad that, and I felt like the character motivations were, were really bad. Um, for pretty much everybody, <laughs> you know, the heroes and the villains, you know, he, Nick is helping his friend Frank who left him, abandoned him. And then he's like, maybe just, uh, yeah, like Slag is really the only one who makes sense. Like he's just doing his job. He's not there to question. Yeah. He, he, he's a good henchman and he's not giving up. He was and tasked he, with taking out the, the blind man and he, tries to the very end to take out that blind man. And and you know what? He he's the only one that kind of I mean, he earned his death for sure, but he was the only one that kind of like got it, you know, with the vest. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, he's blind. I'll just wear a vest. I won't even know I'm wearing it." Mhm. But yeah. Oh well. There you go, folks. Blind Fury episode 98 of the Bulletproof podcast in the books uh just a few last notes before we we go home on this one bulletproofaction.com always something new up on there uh as as this drops uh i would have just done a nice uh, 10 things you didn't know about the charles bronson classic breakout uh last time i said i'd be doing some shaw brothers and that is indeed on the way I mentioned earlier, I got some new image action coming up with Brian Genesee and Fire. Uh, and, you know, obviously I'm still covering Warrior, which I've been really enjoying uh, this season. So there is that. And But, Chad, next month is the big month for us. It is. This is the month that's going to make us rich and famous. Well, I don't know about that, but it's definitely a, a monumental month. A mo- another milestone will have been hit. We will be celebrating nine years of BulletproofAction.com all August long. Got some big things planned for it. And our 100th episode of this show will happen in the month of August as well. And I know we have something special we hope to be able to bring to you for that. Uh, but I love August. It's actionversary month for me, and it's something I look forward to every year, even though it will remind me that I've been doing this for nine years, and I'm not rich and famous as a result. But you know what? I've had a, I've had a wonderful time in nine years, for the most part. 
you know what, I have to brain. And, you know, there, there are so many times where we, where, you know, we have to write and I know you feel this way too, because you have to do it more than I do. Uh, but we have to write an article and it's late at night and you're like, God damn it. What am I going to watch? What the fuck? Like, I can't believe I'm still doing this, but, uh, or you have to record for podcasts or stay up late editing. And you're like, this sucks. <laughs> but, uh, when am I going to see something good out of this? <laughs> but it, it, it really is a blast. You know, these podcasts, like they, it's fun to talk about movies. Of course, it's fun to talk with, with you brain and, and our other buddies that we have on here. But, uh, but it's also cool. Like the coolest thing is when you get any type of feedback whatsoever, or someone says, Hey, you should watch this movie. Cause I think right. you guys would be funny when you did it. Like, I love that. Like when they are like, Hey, watch, uh, you know, surf ninjas. Cause I think brain will hate oh, this. It's like, sweet. Let's do that. What a shit pie. That so send, send us some options. And, and I think that, uh, I think we, I'd love to do that more, you know, later in the year or maybe early in the next year, start picking off some of these movies that other people, Movies that are going to piss you off. That's what I want. That's what you want. Well, you know, sometimes it it doesn't take much, but other times it takes a lot. So you never know. You never know what you're going to do. But yeah, we definitely love to hear your suggestions on on what to talk about, what to watch, what to review, what to, you know. I found a lot of great movies from people who've said, hey, check this out. And I'm like, what the hell? How have I missed out on this? Or just reminding me like, oh, yeah, I saw that 20 years ago. Right, I hadn't thought about it since, and then I watch. It, I'm like, geez, I should have been watching this more. But uh, and and you've got that network, you know, around you. You know, Sarov Dud and those guys. Like, you know, they'll DM you or they'll send you a message. Hey, did you see this trailer? And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this before. Right. So oh, yeah. it's it's I, cool. That, that's definitely uh, something we've built a nice little community around the site, and uh, we're gonna have some of our special guests and friends involved in uh, Actionversary Month on the site. Uh, so looking forward to that as always. Uh, anything else you want to say before we go, Chad Cruz? No, sir. Me either. I'm good. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I want to thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.